Hello and welcome to Woman's World on Radio Eyes. As a reminder, Radio Eyes are reading service intended for people who are blind or have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Today I will be reading from Good Housekeeping Magazine, dated April 2022. We will start off with a wonderful sausage and egg sandwich recipe. Heat two teaspoons olive oil in large cast iron skillet on medium. Add two thin slices of red onion and cook three minutes with wet hands shaped 12 ounce sweet Italian sausage into four quarter inch thick patties. Add a skillet with onion and increase heat to medium high. Flip onion and cook just until tender two to three minutes more. Cook patties until browned two to three minutes then flip. Separate onion slices into rings and arrange on top of patties, then top with two ounces extra sharp cheddar cheese, coarsely grated, and continue cooking until sausage is cooked through, two to three minutes more. Meanwhile, heat two teaspoons olive oil in large nonstick skillet on medium and cook four large eggs to desired doneness, four to five minutes for runny yolks. Top bottom halves of four English muffins split and toasted with sausage and eggs. Sweet piquant peppers sliced. We used pepadus and one fourth cup flat leaf parsley. This serves four. Transform your life in just one month with our Get It Done Challenge. Make this the year you finally cross off everything on your to-do list. Gain more confidence with each successfully completed task and more energy to take on the next. Join us and commit to feeling totally in control of your life by the end of April. We'll give you the tools. Getting organized won't happen in a day, and that's okay. In fact, spreading your to-do list out over the course of a month will make the project seem far less daunting. Visualizing the end goal and breaking down the tasks to get yourself there helps put the goal within reach and make it not feel as overwhelming, says professional organizer and interior designer Jeffrey Phillip. As we accomplish the task, we create positive reinforcement to continue to push ourselves forward and make more changes. Even if those small jobs don't seem like a big deal, taking things off your to-do list can make everything in your life feel more manageable, which gives you a major self-esteem boost. The simple act of taking care of our personal environments can be incredibly beneficial to our mental health, explains Kate Eck, LCSW owner of The Unconventional Therapist. You're sending yourself the message that you care enough about yourself to take care of the space you live in. The best part, none of the individual tasks in this challenge should feel overwhelming. Most of them take less than 30 minutes to complete. Day 1 to 3. Take charge of your closets. We'll offer counterintuitive tips on where to start. Hint, not in the front of the closet. And an easy sorting system that will leave little room for indecision. From Jamie Novak, author of Keep This, Toss That. Days 5 and 6. Secure your information. Make sure your important documents are protected in case of data loss, ransomware attacks, or natural disasters with expert tips tailored to both PC and Mac users. Days 11 and 12. Get on top of your calendar. If you can't remember when your last dental cleaning was, 
Then it's time to get some appointments on the calendar. Our pro tricks and recommended apps will make it easy to keep track. How to have a sparkling kitchen and bath. These areas likely get the most attention year-round, but a little more TLC never hurts. Revive area rugs. Low-pile rugs are easy to clean, as dirt and stains don't have far to go. Tuck a small absorbent cloth in a nearby drawer to quickly blot spills when they happen. Valuable rugs are best sent to a pro for deep cleaning, but you can erase stains with a quick blot and spray remover. Apply with a cloth or lightly to the carpet and work it in gently with your fingers. Rinse and blot dry. Help even outwear by rotating area rugs 180 degrees. Perk up carpets. You could give carpets a deep clean or call in a pro, but if time is short, just targeting stains and restoring matted pile works wonders. A portable carpet cleaner with a rotating brush makes the job easier. To zap pet odors, sprinkle baking soda or carpet deodorizer where your pooch or kitty lounges. Work it in with a soft brush and let it set for 15 to 30 minutes. Vacuum with a fresh bag or a clean dirt cup. Whiten tile grout. You probably do this regularly, but if not, now is a great time for a deep clean. Apply a bleach gel cleaner, which cleans to surfaces to floor or wall grout lines, and let it set for up to one minute. Ditch the toothbrush and scrub with a stiff grout brush for better results. Rinse well. Wash shelves. It's hard to see, but touch the open shelves and fridge top in your kitchen, and you'll feel the thin layer of grime that has built up over time. Remove it with a degreasing cleaner that's safe for multiple surfaces. Spray, wait a few seconds or two and wipe. For a heavy buildup, wrap a scrub pad in a cloth or a paper towel for extra cleaning oomph without damage. De-gunk the range hood. Even just cleaning the filter is progress. Remove it and run it through a dishwasher cycle if recommended by the manufacturer, or soak it in hot, sudsy water. Faster still, spray both sides with foaming dish spray. Scrub gently with a soft brush, rinse, and dry. Refresh shower curtains. Machine wash and dry fabric curtains as labels direct. Replace vinyl liners or wash sturdy areas on a gentle cycle in warm water with a little bleach plus a few white towels for scrubbing action. Dry for only a minute or two on low heat to remove excess water. Wipe the rod and rehang. Three strategies for seasonal spiff-ups. There are no-fail tricks our pros use in their own homes. Focus your efforts. No time or energy for a top-to-bottom scrub-down. Prioritize one, two, or a few major chores that need the most attention and that once done will bring you the biggest sense of accomplishment. Smaller tasks can wait. Make it manageable. Break big jobs into weekend, daily, even hourly chunks according to the time you have available. Whether you wash all the windows or just one, when time's up, you'll have crossed a vital task off your list. Limit distractions. It's easy to get sidetracked and thrown off course. To stay focused, turn off social media, tune into music or a podcast, and let family know it's do not disturb until you're done.
This is from Real Simple Magazine, May 2022. Family, the Three Commandments of Lending to Loved Ones How to Help Friends and Family in Their Hour of Need Without Borrowing Trouble by Bridget Ransom Washington Earlier on in the pandemic, my husband Joseph and I decided to offer money to a close family member, a single dad whose steady income stream had evaporated overnight. We knew that he needed help as soon as possible, but figuring out how much we could afford made me confront all the ways I think about money. I was surprised by the sometimes judgy what-ifs I worried about. What if one of us loses our income for some reason and regrets this? What if he asks for more? What if he doesn't use the money well? Just as I was wondering whether I was greedy, it occurred to me that in this case, the opposite of generosity isn't greed, it's fear, especially when family is involved, because so much is tied up in the giving and the taking and the feelings of the lifelong relationships. When it comes to lending money to family members or even people you consider family, the conversations and exchanges can be complicated. Says says Manisha Thakur, a certified financial planner and the founder of the consultancy Money Zen, but they don't have to be. Here's how to handle some common scenarios according to the pros. The number one rule for personal finance expert Stephanie O'Connell Rodriguez, who hosts Real Simple's Money Confidential podcast, assume you won't get your money back. You don't have to tell your lendee you don't expect to be repaid. You're simply mentally reframing the loan as a gift, which makes a world of difference in terms of managing expectations, says Aaron Lowry, author of the Broke Millennial book series. When I lend money to someone close, I think of it as a gift, so I'm then delighted when the person repays me. This simple mind trick takes the pressure off and reduces the temptation to judge the way the person spends the money. If you can't afford to give cash, O'Connell Rodriguez recommends thinking of other ways to help, like finding the borrow a 0% APR credit card. Asking for money can make people feel vulnerable, so acknowledging your own financial struggles might be greatly reassuring to your loved one. It shows them they're not alone, the Corps says. It can help erase some of the embarrassment. Adds O'Connell Rodriguez, if there are any financial tools that helped you when times were tight, such as books and podcasts, sharing them can be very meaningful. For adult children, thou shalt set clear boundaries. As the saying goes, give your kids enough money to do something, but not enough to do nothing. If you're lending money to your adult child, it's best to set limits. You'll help them pay off their car loans, say, but not buy them a brand new model and clearly communicate how and when you need to be repaid. Help your child establish a workable budget and draw up a formal repayment plan, says Sherry Greco Rich, co-founder of Rappaport Reich Capital Management in Skokie, Illinois, and author of Maximize Your Return on Life. For gifts over 16000 Talk to your accountant or financial advisor about tax laws. In most cases, an attorney can help draw up formal loan arrangements, she says. 
Regardless of how much you give, Greco Rice recommends that both you and your child strictly adhere to the repayment plan. On-time payments will not only make life simpler for everyone, but also build your child's confidence and your trust in them. For your parents, thou shalt be the voice of compassionate reason. When your parents ask for money, it can feel impossible to say no. After all, these people supplied you with shoes and breakfast cereal and co-co-vision for how many years? But before agreeing, have an honest talk with them about their needs and your concerns. Greco Reich suggests starting with a heart-to-heart about where they are financially and where they should be. If you have siblings, ask them to join too without making your parents feel ganged up on. Many times parents need a fundamental lifestyle change, and there's usually some fear surrounding this, Greco Rice says. Maybe they're attached to the house they've lived in for decades, but it's become too expensive to maintain. Are they spend indulgently even though they're on a fixed income? Directly acknowledge the challenge and detail some what-if scenarios, Greco Rice says. What if the roof needs to be replaced? What if real estate taxes go up? What if there's a health issue and more help is needed? And perhaps most importantly, what if you can't always help them cover the expense? Bringing tangible issues of repairs and costs to light will hopefully empower them to find viable alternatives, Greco Rice says. If they're living beyond their means, helping them plan a lifestyle they can afford is ultimately the kinder thing to do. In the end, my husband and I jointly landed on a sum that would be helpful to our family member without breaking our bank account. And taking Lowry's advice one step further, we not only thought of it as a gift, but presented it as such. He was unfailingly grateful, and he also respected the parameters. It was both a one-time gift and a one-time request. The Shame-Free Guide to Asking for Help If you're feeling frazzled and frantic, just remember, no one is an island, including you. This is by Jennifer King Lindley. I'll admit it, I'm bad at asking for help. Blame it on my reading those stalwart little house books in my impressionable early years, or my fear that other people have enough on their own frantically spinning plates without having to drive me to the car rental place at 7 a.m. But last year I got a crash course, so to speak, and sending out an SOS. In the middle of the night, during one of our mighty Indiana summer storms, a huge oak punched through the slate roof of my house, and a giant limb totaled my car. A power line rested across the lawn like a menacing garden snake. Somewhere out there, my three backyard chickens squawked in alarm. I'm currently an empty nester, except for the chickens. After a sleepless night googling emergency roof repair and mentally unspooling my disaster to-do list, even I had to raise the white flag. I messaged a friend about my crisis and asked if she could help me with the chickens. As she pulled into my driveway, I felt my shoulders unhunch, even more so when I saw how truly glad she was to be of aid. And after that first request and its blissful relief, I found it easier to ask others for contractor recommendations, drip buckets, pizza therapy. 
I ended up being buoyed by a wave of support. I'm not the only one who has a hard time asking for help. In a 2022 survey by the research firm OnePoll, half of respondents said they don't request help until they start to feel overwhelmed, and 13% said they never do. Fear can hold us back from asking, says Sadipta Varma, M.D., Clinical Assistant Professor of Psychiatry at NYU Grossman School of Medicine, we're afraid of rejection. What will it say about me or our relationship if they say no? We're afraid of being vulnerable. Another obstacle is our illusion that we're the only ones who don't have it all together, says Elizabeth Lamott, a clinical social worker in Washington, D.C. There's pressure to present a flawless, easy-breezy self to others, to have everything under control, she says. Think of the grown-up girl bosses on social media. Are the up-by-the-bootstraps pioneer culture that had the Engels surviving those Midwestern winters on a diet of potatoes and brown bread? That makes it hard to say, hey, I'm having a bad day. Do you have time to go for a walk with me? Lamont explains. Our reluctance is understandable, but it's also a shame Denying our fellow humans a chance to help robs them of a real sense of joy and purpose. People naturally want to offer support, because it feels good. In fact, we're wired that way. Helping others was evolutionary, adaptive for our earliest ancestors, because it increased the chance of their offspring's survival, says Naomi Eisenberger, Ph.D., professor of psychology at UCLA. It's us against the woolly mammoth, peeps. In her research, Eisenberger found that helping someone lights up the reward areas of the brain, the same ones that ping when we eat chocolate or win money. Adding others may lower our blood pressure and stress hormone levels, as well as boost our immunity. Hot take. When you ask your neighbor to feed your cat, maybe you're doing them a favor. Letting yourself be vulnerable lets others see the authentic you, says Megan Watson, a resident therapist at Alchem, a mental health platform for the black community. People respond to authenticity. Plus, asking for help shows others that it's okay for them to ask, too. Ready to call for reinforcements? Here's expert advice on asking for help without getting awkward. Psych yourself up. If you're nervous to ask your neighbor to borrow his wet vacuum when your basement floods, remind yourself that your odds of success are high. In our studies, we ask people to approach strangers to request small favors, directions, use of a phone for an important call, says Vanessa Bones, Ph.D., Associate Professor of Organizational Behavior at Cornell University's ILR School and author, of you have more influence than you think. Our participants have made more than 15,000 requests, and beforehand, there's this palpable anxiety. When they come back, they report it was much easier than they expected, and twice as many people agreed to help them as they predicted. As UCLA's Eisenmenger points out, it helps to put yourself in the other person's shoes. You'd probably feel great that you could be useful. Be specific. Expecting others to be mind readers gets in our way, says Amy Gordon, 
Ph.D. Assistant Professor of Psychology at the University of Michigan. We think they should know exactly what kind of help we need. Ask directly rather than dropping hints, Bones says, instead of, I hate mammograms, especially going alone, tribe. I'm always a wreck waiting for my mammogram. Will you come with me? Since helping feels good, don't deflate your potential helpers' positive feelings by apologizing or telling them what a huge burden you're placing on them. Consider your approach. When you really want a yes, ask in person, Bones says. There's that warm, fuzzy feeling of emotional connection you lose over email or text. On the other hand, a text or email can be good if the ask is big or awkward and you don't want to put someone on the spot. Either way, it's gracious to give the other person a gentle out as part of your request, Varma says. You can add, I totally get that you might not have the bandwidth right now. Ask the right person. Different people have different strengths, so target your request accordingly. The biggest mistake is barking up the wrong tree, Varma says, asking a friend who's super judgy to nurse you emotionally through a breakup may not be the best idea, but that same friend might be happy to provide practical support, giving you a place to stay or helping you look for a new apartment. Work it at work. You might worry that asking for help at work makes you seem incompetent, says Arden Kleiss, author of Spinach in Your Boss's Teeth, Essential Etiquette for Professional Success. But it can often lead to a nice connection with a co-worker. Say something authentically positive about the person's skills as you make the request, she suggests. For instance, you're such a pro with Zoom, and I'm struggling to use the breakout room function. When it's convenient, could you take a few minutes to show me how? One study in the journal Management Science found that we think more highly of people who ask us for help. Being seen as an authority gives us a confidence boost, which in turn enhances our opinion of the advice seeker. Show gratitude. People want to know their help mattered, so follow up with a verbal or written thank you, Kleist says. A handwritten note is always special because it shows you made the extra effort. Spell out how the person helped you and how much it was appreciated. Then make sure you're there for them if they ever need you in the future, says M. Nora Bouchard, an executive coach and the author of Mayday, Asking for Help in Times of Need. That is the magic of asking for help. It deepens connections and forms new ones. You can build a circle of support. Are you ready for Florida family fun? Out in the sun? Discover the distinct pleasures of three can't-miss destinations within the Sunshine State and get ready to plan your perfect escape. These days, we could all use a little less stress and a little more sunshine. And there's no better place to experience these pleasures than Florida. Whether you're planning a couple's trip, a family adventure, or anything in between, the Sunshine State is here to deliver sun-kissed memories that will last a lifetime. Boasting more than 1,300 miles of coastline, Florida is home to sugar sand beaches, fresh seafood, unparalleled sunsets, and every aquatic activity you can imagine. From surfing to fishing to kayaking and beyond, around the state you can explore natural wonders, world-class theme parks, 
vibrant museums, and bustling downtown areas filled with fabulous shopping and authentic local cuisine. Read on to learn more about three featured destinations, Central Florida, Martin County, and Pensacola, each with its own unique flair and must-see attractions. Your Florida journey starts now. Central Florida, situated in the heart of the Sunshine State, Florida's sweetest spot truly has it all. Filled with epic outdoor adventures, incredible local dining, thrilling attractions, and natural beauty around every bend, it's the state's best-kept secret, ready to delight travelers of any age. Experience 250 acres of splendor at Bach Tower Gardens. Check out the largest one-site collection of Frank Lloyd Wright architecture in the world and visit Circle B Bar Reserve, known as one of the best places to see alligators, for a diverse dynamic vacation. Plan your trip to Central Florida today. Martin County, dreaming of an easy, restorative getaway? Then treat yourself to a trip down to Martin County, nestled along South Florida's treasure coast between Orlando and Miami, just north of Palm Beach. This slice of paradise features more than 22 miles of uncrowded, soft sand beaches and over 100,000 acres of sprawling parks and conservation lands. Here, the nostalgic legacy of old Florida is alive and well, combining whimsical artist communities with luxurious oceanfront retreats and award-winning downtown districts. Escape the crowds while exploring Martin County's countless hidden gems, including wilderness adventures, local shopping, mesmerizing museums, historical sites, waterfront dining, and so much more. Pensacola. There's something magical about Pensacola's beaches. Experience a calming effect when you step onto that sugar-white sand, soak up the sun, bask in the sound of the ocean, and take in the beauty of miles of unspoiled, pristine beach. As a city with an old soul, Pensacola offers eclectic neighborhoods and history dating back 463 years, along with plenty of opportunities to enjoy fresh Gulf seafood. From Pensacola Beach to Perdido Key, a Pensacola experience is the way to beach. From traveling in Florida to keep your dog from destroying the lawn. The grass is always greener when your dog doesn't go to the bathroom on it. Here's how to win the turf war by Juno DeMello. Why does dog pee kill grass? It's a common misconception that the acid in urine turns grass yellow or brown. In fact, the real culprits are the nitrogen and salt in pee. When urine hits grass, it sucks the moisture out of the plant cells, leaving behind a burn spot. Female dogs generally do more damage to grass because they squat, emitting a more concentrated stream than male dogs do. Can I get my dog to pee somewhere else? It takes some effort, but it can be done. First, teach your pup to urinate on cue. Follow them into the yard and say something like, Go pee or get busy right before they pee. Then treat them afterward. After a week or two, start walking them on a leash to where you want them to pee, like a patch of gravel, mulch, or artificial turf that's easy to hose off, such as life-proof pet turf from 390 per square foot 
HomeDepot.com. Then say your cue and treat them after they pee. If you're wondering whether you could just give your dog a lawn-saving oral supplement, vets recommend against it because it could harm your pet. This concludes Woman's World for today. Your reader has been Doris. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions concerning this program, please call us in our Lexington studios at 859-422-6390. Thank you for listening, and please stay tuned for our Diabetes and You next on Radio I.